Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Yes, so I came um, out of Alice Springs about two weeks ago. I had um, Christmas with my family. I don't know. I'm not good with directions. Camberwell area. My dad's over there and our oldest son and now he grew up in Alice since he was 10 years old, but he lives here now. So I did Christmas in Melbourne. And then last week I had six days in Sydney helping to teach at a little mission school there. It must have been about 60, 70 people. And I turned up and I, I have, it's been a long time. I, I'm not used to preaching. Um, I'm, this just feels different for me. I, I'm very, what's the word? Humble. Like we, we meet in a tin shed and we're never up high or anything like that. So, and I'm also trying to learn a different language and the people that listen to me speak in English don't know much English. So when I got to Sydney, I was quite anxious that I'd forgotten how to speak to white people. I didn't know. I've been in there, the desert for 10 years, just living there. And so when I came out, I had a reverse culture shock. And I got into this place and I got a double, double reverse culture shock because I realized they were all maybe 18, 19, 20 year olds, 70 of them. Oh, and I was thinking, how, Lord, am I going to say anything that will be useful to them? I just didn't feel like I had much to offer, but we had the most glorious week. Holy Spirit turned up. Oh, I got so happy about the way the Lord is moving in this whole nation. I got a little bit tunnel visioned about the middle, the heart, and I just realized he is moving like a mighty roaring wind around the edges, stirring hearts. And I do believe that you guys are such a part of that. And I want to thank you for your pioneering, Pastor Lee, and also um, Pastor Alex, he was going to watch this, and Jess and the three beautiful children. I want to honor um, Pop Frank Clancy. He's somewhere. I don't know where. Oh, there. At the back, of course. <laughs> Love you so much. And um, Chelsea and Dan, who are now in Queensland, are here. Bless them. Um, they've dug a well uh, for you guys to drink at every week, and it's beautiful. Thank you, Nigel and Rochelle, for hosting me so beautifully. <laughs> and also, there's a team that came just a couple of months ago. Cheryl and Sarah are here. And Glenn and Amber and Zayden. Is there anyone I've missed? Who else was in Alice? Michael, of course. Mike was there. Mike was leading the team. Mike Hosking, beautiful Elizabeth. And um, anyway, I, I just am so blessed to be here. I'm thinking probably for a live stream, it's easier for me up here. Is it stay here? Okay. All right. I just want to be there. Okay. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Help me, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's good. (laughs) The best thing that we can do with our new year is to enjoy the Lord. (laughs) The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you have one New Year's resolution, it would be to receive his love that you might give him more. Yes. Where's the daddy that did the offering message? That was so good. I loved that offering message. That little girl, she didn't say, Daddy, do you mind if I take a bit of your food and put it in your fridge? She didn't ask permission. She just... So this morning, just know whatever is on the banqueting table before you, you can take it. It's yours. Don't ask questions. If there's something in the spirit that is here for you, that's laid up from the Father, just take it. Say, just take it. Just take it. Oh, amen, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, so he was showing me where living letters So I just thought I would share a little bit of my journey. I got born again when I was 14 years old. And to this day, I'm still the only sort of born again, spirit-filled follower of Christ in my family. And so I was really plucked out of the fire. I was just saved very sovereignly by the Lord at a youth camp. And I was in the Catholic Charismatic Church. The charismatic group came and put a passion play on. I got saved. And, oh, that was glorious. And by the time I was 17, I got married. Sorry, I didn't get married. I I found my husband, got married at 19 uh, in a Pentecostal church. And then we had um, children young. Our first son came along when I was 21. And then the next one came along when I was 24. And... When we had, were expecting our first son, we moved to Melbourne. And we just, we lived in Greensboro uh, area down there. And, um, uh, I was studying at university while having the babies. And my husband was working in a few different jobs in IT. And we were very normal people, just doing our thing. But Jesus came into our lives and messed us up. (laughs) We were going to church. My husband was running a men's group. I was leading worship, just being really normal. (laughs) Two jobs, two kids, double-story house. My husband renovated, two cars. We were happy, normal, normal. But one thing that happened, that did happen, that was a little bit unique, was when I was finishing my degree at the La Trobe Uni, uh, we had some speakers come to us to give us a teaching on um, trauma and child um, trauma and disorders and attachment disorders, um, because I was studying social work degree. And... And they were Aboriginal people from the Solon generation coming to share the case studies with us. And I was 24 years old, last little bit of my degree, two kids already, grown up in Australia all my life. I'd never heard the stories. 
And I remember just sobbing, sobbing in the university. And it was a little bit like that moment when I got born again. And I said to the Lord, I'll just give you my whole life. I did it again. But it was like, I'll give you my whole life, Lord. And and the feeling was to be used towards this situation, this problem that needed some healing. I just gave that that to the Lord in that moment at university. And then from there, um, the Lord kind of kept bringing his presence into our home and we got more and more messed up until we ended up selling the house and the cars and pulling the kids out of school. We moved over to the United States and did a two-year ministry school at Bethel Church. Any Bethel alumni here today? Little hands going up. Welcome. (laughs) Any Iris alumni? Harvard school people? Ah, awesome. Family. And um, so when we came at the end of that time at Bethel Church, we knew that Jesus had called us to go to our own country. And we didn't have any doors open here. We had no house, jobs, anything. And I, I, we were happy to go anywhere, but God really showed us that our country needed some ministry. Would you agree? I went to dinner at Frankston Beach last night, and Richelle and I, we realized our country needed ministry on Frankston Beach. <laughs> That's yours. That's your mission field. It's a beautiful, worthy, glorious one to pour your life out. It looks different from other areas, but this is very much in need of ministry. So yes, we. the next part of the story is we landed in Alice Springs. Um, I was over 30, thank you, and had the kids. They were 8 and 10 already at that stage. And because we'd been to Bethel, we were ready to come and change the world. We were all ready to change the world, to bring revival. And so we landed and we were ready, ready, ready. And then it took about three days to realize (laughs) there's quite a lot of problems there. (laughs) It was a little bit different to how we thought it would be. One story for you. We, after about four weeks, I got a call and it was a lady on the end of the phone and couldn't understand her much, but what she was telling me was, please, please, you have to come and there's a family here waiting for you. They really need prayer. We've been ringing around the pastors in town all day. There's no pastors available and we heard that you've been to, you know, we want, we want you to come. So, so I said I would come and I stood out on the street because she said someone's coming to pick me up. So I stood out on the street and sure enough, a a car comes past and it was a white lady driving and she starts taking me out to one of the town camps. And when we got there, um, she 
as we're going, she's explaining to me what's happened. And she said, there's been a bereavement. There's been a death in the family. And she said, it's a 14-year-old girl. And she hung herself. And then she said, um, I've been with them all morning. She wasn't a Christian. She was a suicide bereavement officer. She was being paid to do that job. And she said, I've been with them all morning. It's too hard. I've given them blankets. And she dropped me at this camp and off she left. And I'd been there a few weeks. I didn't know anyone or anything. And I jumped out of the car and I thought I was going to a home to pray for a little family. There was 150 people in that yard. And they were waiting for a memorial service. (laughs) I wasn't a minister. I didn't know how to do that. And I, uh, okay, all right. Well, so I was listening to them and I just thought, I'll just do what they asked me to do. So the beautiful lady that had invited me, we all gathered and she got me to go around. We shook all their hands. And then she said to me, come over here. And there was a particularly upset woman, really upset, skinny little grandma in our dirt. And she was just making mud with her tears. And the lady that was with me said, this is the grandmother of the girl that just passed away. And she said, and by the way, this is the tree that she hung herself on. And then she said, the reason, and I must have said at the time, what, what happened? Why was she so sad? Why did she do that to herself? And she said two months ago, her mother passed away through domestic violence. And she hasn't been able to get over it. And then she did that to herself. So this little grandmother in the dirt had lost her daughter and her granddaughter suddenly, tragically, within two months. And these are the stories that kind of happen fairly regularly out there, I'm sad to say. But what had happened that day was I went home and suddenly my little Bethel bubble was... It's like one of those balloons that are like... And I just laid on the couch and I said, Jesus, like what do we do here, God? It's a little bit different than I thought. And I saw in my heart all of those missionaries from hundreds of years, over the years, over the years, over the years, the Lutherans and the the ones that were here first, you know, are following the colonization and the ones, the genuine bride of Christ. Not the ones that came and killed and, I mean the genuine bride of Christ that came to serve and to love and to bring the gospel. I saw all of them in my spirit and I said, God, if they've lived and died for this, they've given their whole lives and it's still this messy. And I realized in that moment, I could stay out here in the prime of my life. I was 32, 33 and give all of my years, all of my decades out in Alice Springs, while my family are living together out here on the coast. And I might live and die and nothing really changes. 
That's the reality that I was facing in that moment. Do I just go home now? And the Lord asked me, why did you come? And I realized that the reason why we were there was because he called us. And, whoa, hallelujah. Overflowing. (laughs) Holy Spirit's telling me to dream. And you know what? He said to me, I said to him, you wanted us here. That's why I've come. And Holy Spirit was like, mm-hmm. Is that enough for you? And my heart understood suddenly that being living out there is not for a certain result. It's to love Jesus with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and my neighbor as myself. The gospel has got very complicated. And the Lord brought it right back. Are you loving me? Are you doing what I've asked you to do? And are you loving your neighbor as yourself? And that is what worship looks like. It's an offering to him. (laughs) Amen. It's an offering to him. So all the people here who are like, oh, I should be doing this or that, or I want to set you free this morning. To You live for an audience of how many? Just him. Say just him. Amen. Amen. So we got busy. We got, we just started loving the, the one in front of us. Like Heidi Baker talks about, stop for the one. We did that. You know, I might not have been able to bring that little girl from the 14-year-old back from the dead on that day, but I was able to hold her grandmother, cry with her, weep with those who weep. There was a whole lot of the Bible I could do, even though nothing happened that was, you know, anything too much to write home about. And so I think we miss the little things, you know. One of our great ministries that I really, really enjoy, I, I have a date with my friend or with anyone of the visiting missionaries that come through, and I spend a whole afternoon and I do something I really enjoy doing. It's called the Clothed in Love Ministry. And I want to share a story about that. When we first got there, it was September, and we had a long, hot summer. It gets maybe, sometimes it gets to even 47 degrees on some summers. Hot, 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 it boils us. And then in the wintertime... You might not know, but in Alice, it gets to like minus five. And so our first winter, we were just doing what we're doing, driving out to the camp, sitting and talking with the people. And I visited this one person and we had a good connection. This person was opening up to the Lord and starting to disciple them. And two days later, I went back to check on them. And I said, where's, I won't say the name for the family's sake. Where's that person? And they said to me, they passed away. Didn't you hear? And I said, what? Like I was just talking to them two days ago. They got cold. They got cold. So these people were sleeping outside often, sometimes by choice, sometimes not by choice. Maybe they've had a few drinks and they go to sleep and they're immune compromised or they're 
getting older and they just freeze to death. <laughs> I'd never heard of that. I was, that's really intense, you know? So we started to go to Kmart and use all the extra money that we had to buy coats and blankets. And one day I got a phone call from Frank Lancy, dear pop there. And he said to me, Katie, what do you guys need? What a good question. (laughs) Ring all your missionary friends, ask them that one. (laughs) And I said, well, everyone's getting cold and it's winter again and we're running out of money and I can't get enough out of Kmart and I don't know what to do. And he said, right. And he rang his friend in the Sunshine Coast called Vince, who runs the Waves of um, Kindness. And that's a secondhand clothing ministry. Next minute, a whole, he, Vince started talking to my husband, and then a whole shipping container of clothes, warm hoodies and blankets suddenly arrive in Alice Springs. And that was a few years ago now. And year after year, at the beginning of the winter, we get a fresh lot of warm things. So God provides manna in the desert. That's a miracle for me. <laughs> That's a real miracle to see God, Jesus, come and provide the basic, basic things. You know, it's a real joy. We, we got to go to Mozambique for three months in 2017 and learn a lot from Roland and Heidi Baker. They, they were friends of ours from 2010 when we met them back then in Sydney, actually. And so we, they, came to visit, Roland was visiting us in Alice Springs and he said, this is exactly where we would put an iris base. And he said, because we love to go where the lust of the earth, the poor of the earth, the forgotten ones are. This is where our DNA as a ministry, where we would go. And they invited us out and we went, did that three months in 2017. And that core value is the big one in um, in Iris to go where the least of these are. For me, I I realized something. You know, at the beginning of our time, I thought we're going to go there and change the world. But what I realized is God calls people to who are privileged who are educated and privileged to go to these hidden places, lost and unreached people groups in the dirt. And the reason why is to learn how to love him at the cost of the world. We give up the world to have Jesus. And I promise you, he is worth everything. (laughs) When we sing that song, you're worthy of it all. Like, oh, he is so worthy. (laughs) This year I'll be 42, and I'm not going anywhere. I love living there. And for a long time, we didn't see much going on as far as our spiritual work. We're keeping people alive and food programs and transport and digging a well. And then about a year and a half ago, something miraculous happened where God started sovereignly saving the leaders. He was sovereignly saving these leaders and suddenly we had 
beautiful, beautiful, bold, passionate preachers and men who were on fire, who just gave up marijuana and alcohol in an afternoon. They just gave it up and followed him and loved him and still love him. And suddenly we were seeing evangelists, female evangelists rise up. People starting to overflow with their lives. So for years we were like, okay, we're the only ones giving, we'll just keep doing it. And now suddenly we have an indigenous family of brothers and sisters we're actually running with, which was always the goal. (laughs) And now our job is just to, you know, they put on a meeting, we'll bring the food, we'll drive a bus. They preach in language and it's glorious. People are getting saved every single week. Every week. (laughs) We get a whole bunch of Bibles, they go in a week, you know, it just like goes like that. The Bibles, the new Bibles, the new believers, they come and go out to the bush, out to the bush, back to town. It's it's what we dreamed of. But the whole time, the Lord reminds me, it's actually not about all the stuff, it's about Him. And He is worthy, He is really worthy of our whole lives. So let's just um, focus on him right now, because the time is ticking on. Two, two, three, one. It's okay to um, pray in tongues, because it says that those who do edify themselves. I need some strengthening. I don't know about you. You have a long year ahead of you. Strengthen yourself now. You don't know what's coming, coming. Come on, beautiful brides. Come on. You don't know what's coming. Be like camels. Drink for the trip to come. We couldn't do any of this without you, God. Holy, 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 yeah, come on, we just focus on you, we focus on you. It's not about numbers, it's not about missions, it's about love. It's about love. It's about lives laid down for the one who's worthy. What I realized when we went to Alice Springs is that I am the least of these. Because we all are. We all were going to hell, right? Before God's mercy reached into our lives and pulled us out of that fire. He was like a stick. We were about to burn and we were pulled out of that fire. And so every one of us needs him. (laughs) Every one of us are poor as the grandma in the dirt. 
I just pray today, Lord, that you would baptize us with lowliness. You would baptize us with eyes to see your mercy on the poor, God. They know their need of you. And on that day, on that day, our cars and our clothes and our homes, they won't help us then. No, 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 no. So we live for you, God. For you died for us, Lord. We live for you. Your pastor wanted me to say that you're welcome to visit us. If that's on your heart, you're so welcome to come. But this morning, I want you to just give your life again on the altar. It's the second Sunday of January and there's no better time than to lay your life down. It's as impoverished and destitute as any poor person across this earth who has nothing in the natural. That is how poor we are before a holy God. So give yourself to Him this morning fresh. Give your year to Him. Yield to Him. Yield to Him. You might want to go to Alice Springs. You might want to go to Africa. You might want to give your heart and your life to missions. But There's a huge, huge mission field on Frankston Beach. Maybe your own heart needs discipling. Maybe. Just come forward when you're ready. You can't have any greater love than this than to lay down your life. Those who seek to save their lives lose them home. But the ones who willingly yield and lose their lives, they will find them every time in the pearl, in the pearl of great price. He is my Jesus. He is my Jesus. By grace that you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that anyone can boast. No, just move upon the hearts of your faithful Lord. You are a living letter to the world of His grace. Come, fire of God. Just open your hands right now. Fire in the house. Fire in the house. Mark them with your presence, God, for this year. Mark them, God, for their lives. Mark them. Fire of God, fall. Fire of God, fall. Says the Lord, 
everything. Yield your personality, yield your gifts, yield your job, yield your time, yield your cause, yield your homes. It's not bad to have stuff that is placed back in the hands of the Father. We hold nothing. Empty, 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 empty that you might be feeling. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.